0: Welcome to Black Fashion History, the podcast that celebrates the contributions of Black people to the fashion industry. It's Black History, but make it fashion. And I'm your host, Taniqua Martin. Welcome back to another riveting fashion history installment. And if you're new here, so glad that you found Black Fashion History. Thanks for joining the family. And I cannot wait to get into this conversation with you all. So if you read the title of the episode, you're like, girl, what? What are you talking about? What? Let me know. And don't worry about it. I'm going to explain everything to you. I myself have recently learned about this event from a few of my favorite fashion academic scholars, one of them being Ricky Bird, another one being Robin Givon. So if you have a moment, make sure you go check them out and check out their resources and the work that they've done in fashion and as it pertains to fashion and race. But we are not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the night that fashion ate chitlins and what that even means. So I'm going to take you back to May of 1969 to New York City when Bergdorf Goodman held a benefit fashion show for the Harlem Northside Children's Center, which they called Basic Black. The Harlem Northside Center for Child Development was founded by Dr. Mammy Clark and her husband, Dr. Kenneth Clark. And while you may not be familiar with their names, I'm sure you're familiar with their work. If you've watched any programming or documentary on race or standards of beauty, they typically inject clips from the doll test, which the Clarks conducted. And the doll test is where they have the young kids and they give them dolls of different races. And they ask them, which one do they think um, is pretty? Which one do they think is smart? which one would they prefer which one would they rather play with you know which one has a positive characteristic and the results of this test showed the impact of segregation on children and it was used in the 1954 decision in brown versus board of education to desegregate schools so this benefit fashion show seems to be off to a good start we are supporting a great cause and a couple that has been doing great work in the black community so for the basic black show, Bergdorf Goodman decides to use this platform to spotlight some of the black designers that they kept in house, as well as some black models. Some of the designers featured were Arthur McGee, John Haggins, Maybell Lewis, John Weston, Loretha Williams, and also Stephen Burroughs. But at the time, Stephen Burroughs wasn't the popular um, grandfather of fashion design as we know him today, but he was a rising star and he had just started in his professional career. Much like now, back then, Bergdorf Goodman was known for how expensive it was and the types of designer clothes that they carried. They typically socked like French haute couture things and had very elite, high society, rich, wealthy clientele. So to take this opportunity to highlight black designers and models and support a black organization and a cause that benefits black communities is interesting to say the least. And can be taken as a, you know, the work that we ask people of privilege to do with their platforms. This was their attempt, and I'll even say fashion's attempt, at jumping into that racial dialogue and providing a space to quell race relations in America. So in the 1960s, late 1960s, this was 1969. The year prior, Martin Luther King Jr. was killed and President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which is what is also known as the Fair Housing Act, but it provided equal housing opportunity to everyone, regardless of race, religion, orientation, all of that, and was supposed to be a step in a positive direction in terms of race relations and overturning systemic racism in the United States. Now, going back to that night in New York City, I really want you to picture it. So you arrive at Bergdorf Goodman in your finest designer gowns, suits or whatever your choice is. You are greeted by the Jonathan Callens Quintet and they are a jazz ensemble. And special for that evening, they are donning dashikis while they entertain you. Now you enjoy the fashion presentation for that evening. Everything was to your liking. You love to see the new offerings from Arthur McGee and this young, hot, fresh designer, Stephen Burroughs, and Naomi Sims was just doing her thing on that runway. Then at the cocktail reception, you are handed a glass of champagne, and waiters are heavily passing around plates of cornbread, fried chicken, collard greens, and chitlins. I know, I know, I know, I know you were really enjoying the conversation. It was going so well, but I just had to interrupt to share with you a brand that I am really excited about. So for the girlies like me who love African fashion, you love looking luxurious, representing your heritage and feeling like a queen, Euphora is the brand for you. It's an award-winning African fashion brand featuring pieces with vibrant prints and bold patterns for the everyday queen like us. And they have so many options. I am talking about gowns to suits, dresses, short sets, minis, maxis, midis, all of it, even loungewear. So if you love just laying around and looking fabulous, but also representing your African heritage or connecting with your African roots, or you just love prints, then you need to go to afore.com right now and check out what they have. That is O-F-U-U-R-E And of course, your girl's going to hook you up. You will get 10% off your order if you use code BLACKFASHIONHISTORY. So run. Don't walk to o f u u r e O-F-U-U-R-E.com, and use code BLACKFASHIONHISTORY to get 10% off your orders. Thank me later. Oh, you absolutely heard me correctly. You are at an event called The Basic Black that highlights Black designers. Black models support a black organization in a black community, Harlem, and you are handed a plate of fried chicken, chitlins, and cornbread, and collard greens. I, I think I forgot to mention the collard greens, but collard greens were present. Tell me, what do you think about that? I'm going to read you an excerpt from Robin Givon's book, The Battle of Versailles, where she discusses what happened in 1969 at the base of black Fashion Show. In 1969, soul food was pure radical chic and serving it up at a celebration of black designers did not seem to strike any of the organizers as painfully condescending or vaguely horrifying. But even then, passing chitlins around the fifth floor of Bergdorf went several steps beyond authentic and well down the slippery slope of minstrelsy. And I can do nothing but 100% agree with her statement that this went well beyond creating an experience authentic to Black culture and well into creating a caricature of Black culture. And honestly, that happened well before the food. To me, that happened the moment where people stepped off the elevator and saw that quintet wearing a dashiki. Now, let me be clear, there's absolutely nothing wrong with celebrating African-American culture as it truly is, chitlins and all, but it is highly problematic when we are not the facilitators of that experience. I can comprehend what the Bergdorf team was trying to do, um, and I'm going to read a quote by... Lorna Bade Goodman, who's the daughter-in-law of the Bergdorf-Goodman store president, Andrew Goodman, and this is what she said of that night. I guess people were interested because they want to endorse something constructive in black-white relations, which everyone is very concerned about right now. As I mentioned earlier, this was the store's attempt to use its platform to quell race relations, begin the conversation about race in the fashion community, address what's going on in the country, and show that fashion is taking a progressive step forward, much like what many companies do now when they try to spotlight Black designers or do collab collections with Black designers, give money all that stuff. So I understand um, that mind, but honestly, this seemed ridiculous, really, Uh, parts of it at least. And it feels like putting on culture as a costume or or people as a costume rather than celebrating, spotlighting, and uplifting. So showcasing designers, black designers great giving them more store space showing people the wonderful new upcoming talent great use of your platform but to then undo in a sense, the work that you just did by serving soul food and not because soul food is inherently bad, um, but serving soul food because it's a black event. And to your knowledge, that's what black people eat. That is the taste of black culture, especially with Bergdorf Goodman being notable for its high end elite clientele. It feels like having white people come in and um, explore the hood in a sense. And, oh, let me see what the blacks are eating. Let me see what the blacks are doing. Oh, this is cute. That's what it feels like. It reminds me in um, sitcoms and movies where they have the moment where someone inevitably is trying to connect with a black person, a black child. Maybe um, they're trying to run an ad campaign and the white person in this bit tends to go, Yo, yo, what's up? As or play hip hop music or dress um, a certain way in their attempt to connect with the black person, and the black person is just looking at them like they're crazy. This had the potential to be a beautiful moment in fashion history, black fashion history and in accountability to the rest of the fashion industry, especially at this time um, to make space for black people in this industry to address you know, the privilege, address your racism, address your biases and Actively be anti-racist and do the work to make space for minorities in this industry so that we can move forward together um, and have a semblance of equality and equity. But instead, it was very tone deaf. It reminds me of today, honestly, and that is what is funny, but not funny in a comical way, but funny. Funny in that it is a shame that our industry and our world has not evolved much, and it's been years. I think it's equivalent to many of the big corporation initiatives that happened, especially in 2020, when it seems like um, despite police brutality and all of the issues that we face in the black community being around for such a long time in 2020, it seems like people just started to um, decide that they wanted to participate. And by people, I mean, you know, other people outside of our community. So it reminds me of all those initiatives that were coming about then. Um, Some of them being, you know, worth their weight, others being a show, and some being a combination of the two, which is why I feel like this event stands. Now, I think the true marker of racial progress and a company wanting to really do something about um, something constructive in black-white relations and making progress in this country is what you do after an event like this. So, it's great to put on a fashion show and support, you know, a community initiative or a community organization, but moving forward long-term, how do you ensure that this industry takes accountability for the moments and where they shut Black people and other people of color out? And how do they make reparations in a sense for Where can you, being the giant that you are, make space for more black designers, make funding available? Where can you, as a non-black person who attended this event and is so invested, so invested in having the conversation about um, equity and equality, especially in this industry, how can you support black designers more? How can you support black talent more? Give them the credit and the platform to grow and to really make a name for themselves here and to build a long-lasting house. That is, to me, the true mark of racial progress. Um, now I would love to know the after effects of basic black, you know, how did it affect the industry? Did Bergdorf Goodman start to do anything differently? Um, did anyone receive any more opportunity, uh, as a result of this, or, um, did they commit any more than previously to doing something different for black people in this industry. That's what I would love to know. That's information that I wasn't able to find out in my research just yet. So if you know, please, please share that with me. Because again, that is the true marker of racial progress and wanting to do something constructive in this industry. I absolutely want to know your thoughts on this. I know that everyone may not think the way about this event as I do. You know, Robin Givon, who is a fashion editor, Pulitzer Prize winner, um, She had something different to say about Basic Black. She says that Basic Black at Bergdorf's was exemplary, not simply because it celebrated black designers, but because people believed that fashion could change this country for the better. People believed American fashion in its choices and depictions of beauty could help everyone get along. Basic Black was not merely raising money for a cause. It was a way of standing on the right side of history, albeit with a cocktail in one's hand and the smell of collard greens in the air she believed that it was more beneficial than detrimental. And I love the idea that people um, believe that fashion can change this country for the better. As a lover of this industry and of fashion in all its forms, I love that. I just wish that it would have been done in a way that truly marks progress. And I, I think this event lacked that and it, it lacked all the tone, but let me know what you think. Send me a DM, uh, shoot me an email at info at black I would love to know your thoughts and let me know if this is the first time you've ever heard of this event. Uh send me all of that this is truly a conversation a dialogue and I think we should talk about I think we should talk about all of these moments and how we as a community collectively can uh, move forward in the best direction and celebrate black fashion history black fashion present and black fashion future and that's it guys thanks again for tuning into another episode of black fashion history if you loved what you heard and I know you did Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms and on all social media at Black Fashion History Podcast. Don't forget to visit us online at our website, blackfashionhistory.com. And of course, if you don't do any of that stuff, make sure to tune in again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.